welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal of this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, I have the honor to have as my guest, Galaxia Martin. She is a cybersecurity expert. Welcome, Galaxia, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thanks so much, John. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. We're going to be talking about cloud security at the request of a listener of the podcast. So really excited to talk about this topic because I'm not an IT auditor, like I was telling you right before the, the podcast here, but I think it's, you know, just good information for us to be familiar with and know more about. So if you're thinking about auditing for a cloud solution, what are some of the primary concerns that auditors should have when auditing a cloud solution? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk about product and then we'll actually talk about um, the cloud itself providers because there's to me, there's two flavors of of auditing cloud solutions, right? So products. So when we're looking at products for the cloud, um, let's say it's a monitoring solution. Let's say it's a plus management product, right? When you're auditing, what is the compliance level that the organization needs to have, right? That product should have that compliance level. For for example, FedRAMP, right? Very few products are FedRAMP from a cost management analysis perspective. Super important though, right? You need to have it and you check the box. So as you're going in and as an auditor and you're seeing there using these tools in the cloud, you want to check the box like, is this product FedRAMP approved? Is it high high compliance? What is it? Is it is the operations part of it SOC 2 compliant, depending on what they're looking at, there's security pieces in it, right? Because usually they have automation security. Um, so you're going to be looking at kind of like those pieces in cloud solutions. Not only that, like one of the things I think that auditors potentially miss from a cyber perspective is the product well-designed, architect great. How are they handling those risks, right? Like a good example, I analyze a lot of products um, because keeping up with trends, I mean, there's, I mean, <laughs> I feel like there's new products every month that are coming out, especially for cyber and cloud, like, oh, someone's new and improved. It's like, that's great. You're a startup. Appreciate it. But like, what are we doing? Like, I was actually talking to a startup a while ago about one of their products and, and there's no governance or compliance built in yet. Right. They're working on it. And I'm like, eh, that should be a part of your design, like hands down. And so when you are talking with, you know, these product uh, organizations, you really want to know, like, how are you mitigating these vulnerabilities that are reoccurring? Right. How are you, how is your operations doing instant response? Right. In an event that someone's breached through your product. I mean, we just saw it, right? We just saw a product, move it. It breached government, huge pro product vulnerability, repatched it like 14 days later, you know, and that's huge, right? Because you're trusting these organizations that they're having diligence and protecting the product they design. So that's that's one. So I think we I think we missed that in, in, on the auditing side. I think some auditors catch it, but I think the the point is checking the boxes of how they're product is mitigating those types of things is important. Now, from a cloud provider perspective, we'll talk about the big clouds, right? Azure, AWS, GCP, Oracle, right? IBM. Um, you got to understand their security posture. You got to understand their compliance level. If a client is 
uh, commercial, you know, are they, or in their banking, right? Are they, are they using commercial high in Azure? Are they using a certain compliance in AWS? Like those types of things, you got to make sure. And also just because you're using that compliance level in the cloud, there's still some additional things that you need to set in place, right? There's additional baseline securities and monitoring, how you're managing role access, et cetera. So like when you're looking at the providers, you know, of course you're going to check the boxes on how they're hosting it, right? They usually have all that compliance. Like Microsoft spends billions of dollars in cybersecurity, right? AWS is almost up there. So of course they're gonna have that box checked, but the the company itself could easily have a misconfiguration. So are they following best practices on doing their vulnerability management? The company, are they doing penetration testing? Are they doing, um, you know, a zero detection, you know, policies? Are they doing least privilege, right? So like, that's where, you know, the piece kind of pivots out into accountability. You have the solution, the provider, and you have the client. Okay, very good. So you mentioned the rec recurring vulnerabilities. How are they managing the vulnerabilities? In uh, incident response management, uh, making sure that you have someone who's doing uh, penetration testing and what are the best other best practices that you have in place to just manage that overall process. There's something there that you mentioned during your response about, you know, solutions, they're always changing. They're changing. Yeah. You, you got to keep up with it. So the question here, second question is, how can auditors keep up with it? Because it seems like it, it changes by the minute almost. It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's like when you get those regular updates from your insurance policy that there's a new amendment in the terms and conditions, right? It's like every every year you're getting some or maybe every quarter. Um, it's hard. Like it's so hard for auditors to keep up with it. You know, I, I I think that it really just comes down to their I like to imagine that when they're getting into an audit, understanding, getting like a pre-checklist, understanding the client's environment, getting the vendor's information, kind of getting ready for vendor Q&A, having a baseline Q&A, because there really is no way for me to tell an auditor, like, you need to know all these products. Like, there's right. a new product that one of my clients just was like, I want to try this out. And I'm like, what is this product? I've never even heard of it before. It's a, it's a security cloud management product. And I was like, what is this? And so for me, I'm reading all like dark readings, all the new tech trends, top 10 trends this year. I'm always reading about technology, right? Because I'm a certified ethical hacker, two master's degree, stuff like that. So I always like to keep up with my education. And so I can only imagine an auditor going into a large organization with so many different uh, applications and products and services. Like there needs to be a really round checklist. And to be honest, the organization should be doing that work for them. The right. organization should be tracking their assets, should be tracking their assets compliance level, should be tracking their contract dates, so what the contract obligations are, how the company mitigates risks, and they should have it a checkbox for all their vendors so that when an auditor comes in, the auditor can attest to it. And that's where I think we miss it. I think that the, the reliance is let the auditor do it, whereas the organization should really bundle it up. We should have the auditor's expectations, should bundle it up, and all the auditor has to do is go back and validate. They shouldn't have to do a lot of the late work. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good point. Have a solid vendor onboarding process. Yes. Sounds like that would be the, the best approach there. Last question for you here, Galaxia. 
So thinking about tools, right? Yes. Uh, what, what would be some recommended tools for auditors that they can use to assist in cloud audit with cloud audits? Well, that's interesting. So from, cause they do so much. It just depends on what they're looking for. So let's talk about data security, right? So if there's data security tools, there's several of them. There's some of them are startups. Um, there's a few cloud native ones that you can run to see if there's baseline compliance checks or open alerts, not from a data, but from a platform perspective. I'm not going to give names because I think that pigeonholes it because there's so many out there, but there are data security tools. There are, you know, the quick evidence of, hey, customer, give me all your reports, your your own your own due diligence, your own assessments that you're supposed to do based on insurance and your compliance level, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the other one really would just come down to, um, and there's so many, because I'm just looking at the layers of the onion, right? You have infrastructure, you have data, you have policies and procedures, and it's really hard to, to pick one tool. But I think from a, a perspective, if it's cloud-based, you start with the cloud-native tools. And then you you kind of are, in a sense, onus to the tools the client has, or you can use, you know, third-party tools to run scans for yourself, which is incredibly rare. Um, but that's as much as I know from, like, auditing tool perspective. I would always recommend use what's available to you. Um, but there are some data security, like, free assessments that you can run, but that's a little bit, I pretty much, I'm, I'm assuming, probably too intense for an auditor to do. Usually they validate what's there and what's not, Right. Um, right. from my experience. Um, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Really appreciate your time on the podcast. Thank you so much, Galaxia. Yeah. Thank you, John. All right. You take care. You too. All right.